What's in your diary? What's in your diary? What's in your diary? What's in your diary? Hey diary dolls, it's your girl Ty, and I just wanted to welcome you to the It's Not Your Diary podcast. Hey, 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 it's Ty, and we're back with episode eight. So this is part two of the relationship and dating section, and the reason why I really want to do two sections not only because we ran out of time last time, but... Since relationships are the backbone of our society, I thought it was important that we just got this out the way. So yeah, we're back again with another episode. So for our first icebreaker, I thought it would be cool to play the game, um, who's most likely, it's like who's most likely to do whatever. So uh, we chose five different questions so the first one who's most likely to bring a sex toy into the bedroom who's most likely to write a love poem (laughs) hey who's most likely to laugh during a funeral Probably be me. Yeah, I think that's yeah. true. Because <laughs> I play too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Who's most likely to waste money on pointless items at a gift shop? And that's definitely true. No, not at a gift shop. At a gift you, shop? You waste, you waste money. I went to Texas and went to a Christian store. And it was not a gift. I don't like, I don't go to gift shops. This stuff is overpriced. Why would I? I would never go in a gift. I don't even like shopping. Okay, well, who's most likely to eat a big bag of chips in one sitting? No, that's tough. That's, that's me. Yeah, okay. Especially give me some fresh onion dip. Okay. And then our last one, who's most likely to cancel plans at the last second? Me. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm Captain Sendoff. Mm-hmm. So, that's what my friends call me. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so that's it for our most likely game. So that was an easy little icebreaker. Um, so the first thing that I um, wanted to talk about was a book that I read, but it was a test that we both took, the five love languages. Did you read the book? I did not read it. <laughs> okay, well, I read the book. And they have a five love languages for children, men, and teens. In case anybody want to check those out by Gary Chapman. So what's your love language? Um, my love language is receiving gifts. And then mine is quality time. So why do you think the love languages are important? Well, what makes your love language important to you? Um, so I really didn't know anything about love languages until we learned about them. Uh, so I didn't really think it was that big of a deal until I realized what my love language was. And apparently I, I like to receive gifts. It doesn't mean I like to receive um, big things. You know, I am a little, little dude. Pilot. Yeah. Uh, but, like, just little things, like, even if it was just, um, candy bars and 
coming very easily to have sex and all that good and things like that. And I think that um, that's a gift to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Still learning. I told you, making it better. Oh yeah, but uh, like little things like that is, uh, or it could be receiving a pair of jewelry. You know what I'm saying? It's just getting things. I think that since that's my love language, that makes me the happiest, I guess. So, uh, some people, I think, will abuse the receiving gifts as their love language and expect big gifts all the time, but I don't. Hmm. Why do you think, how do you think that came to be a love language? I think just growing up, uh, I think not really ever getting gifts, uh, not ever really getting anything, so then when I mm-hmm. did get something, uh, like Christmas, when I got to open gifts, uh, that was probably like the only day of the year that I actually got something, uh, it was just like the happiest moment for me, so I think, so anytime now that I receive anything, it's like, it's like Christmas again for me, so. I think probably my childhood has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I think mine's is the same because mine's is quality time. And when I was younger, I did spend a lot of time like alone or not with my actual family. So I do think that's why that's my love language: uninterrupted quality time, no phones, and just us. You know, this is like twenty first century, right? So cell phones are a part of everything, but that's a different thing. I just wanted to throw that out there. So, yeah, the love languages are super important because if you don't understand how the person you're in a relationship with likes to be loved, then you'll love them in the way that you want to be loved. So, yeah, definitely check that out. So our main topic for today's podcast is romantic relationship conflict. So, do you agree that a healthy relationship, well, what do you think a healthy relationship needs? Um, I would say communication, trust. I would say those are two of the main things I think that you need because without those two, you can't really have anything else. Okay, well, I have some research that said a healthy relationship needs intimacy, security, respect, Good communication, like you said, and the sense of being valued. And then for an unhealthy relationship, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> I guess people I never really. All the things you said. Well, I feel like trust unlocks all those other things, like feeling secure and the intimacy. Like you're not gonna be intimate with someone that you don't really trust. I guess uh, you're not gonna feel secure. Somebody if you don't trust them. I think that was a given though. Because they didn't even put trust on here. But I, I feel like without trust, you don't have any of those things you just said. They feel respect. So I think if you respect somebody, you would never do anything to jeopardize no. the trust. No, what do you think? That, that was just my opinion. Because they put respect. <laughs> okay, so for an unhealthy relationship, they said um, fighting so much you can't work things out or you can't go to your partner for support, the support you need. 
and then you hold them in contempt, you criticize them, you get hostile, and you get violent. And then it was crazy because when I was reading this, it said all of these things can not only make you mentally and emotionally sick, but they can make you physically sick. Did you know that? Being in an unhealthy relationship can make you physically sick. I did not know that. <laughs> so when do you feel like you learn how to be in a healthy relationship? Or when did you learn what a healthy relationship was? Um, I would say in the last couple of years, uh, you sometimes think that you're a psychologist and have your doctor's degree. Me? Yeah, you. So uh, I've been learning a lot about like mental health and all this stuff from you so yeah but uh, yeah so the studies show that normally people go to therapy when it's already too late and basically to bypass that when they ask like when are you when do you learn how to be in a healthy relationship the answer was supposed to be from your family or from premarital counseling but a lot of people don't do that. They end up going to therapy when the relationship is already. Which I kind of think I already knew that just because I don't know a lot of people who go to therapy before they even decide to get married. Yeah, I don't, don't know anymore. Maybe three. Maybe. <laughs> so do you know what romantic competence is? No, what is it? Can you guess? Well, like what? Something with romance. Being romantic. It actually has nothing to do with romance. <laughs> what does it have to do with romance? I, mean, I think it's just saying like being competent about relationships or romantic relationships. But it has nothing to do with romance. I don't know. Okay. I didn't make it up. So there are three points to achieving romantic and the first one is understanding or insight understanding yourself and then understanding why you do the things that you do and then understanding your partner and why they do what they do understanding like where they come from how they think how they respond does that make sense you want me to give an example sure why not okay like how you are analytical thinker. I am. But I didn't know that. So when you, like, we would get into arguments and you'll be like, wait, you just won't respond. Like when they first happen, like when I'm trying to talk to you about something, you just normally don't respond. It's because you're thinking. And I didn't know that. I thought you were just ignoring me. No, I'm, I'm thinking of the best way to respond. Right, so I'm now... When we have any issues, I try to wait a little bit or I try to just give you a space. That's insight and understanding. Okay, for the next one is mutuality. Conveying your own needs clearly because both of us have needs and we both have to compromise. Give me an example for that one. People don't you know I'm not good at giving examples. <laughs> okay. Well, like once you start coaching and once the season starts, you won't be home as much or you get home late. So then it's like, since my love language is quality time and like we not going to have that time, then it's like, okay, 
Well, since you know that you're going to be working and I'm going to be here with the baby, we had to come to a mutual agreement that somehow, some way, we got to sacrifice something to get that quality time since we're missing out on it. It's going to be 2K. Yep. <sighs> but that's just mutuality. So putting somebody else's need, like, because quality time for me is like a need. So that's something that I have to have or the relationship is just going to be pretty bad. So, yeah, definitely having the mutuality and then emotion regulation. I think this one is very important because I feel like I always used to give into my emotions and get super emotional when we was arguing, but. I just walk away now. It's no point in arguing. Why am I wasting <laughs> wasting my breath arguing with somebody that's not talking back to me? Gross. I mean, I'm not talking back for a reason. I know, but I'm saying, like, still, I can know that you're an analytical thinker, and I can still go off every time you ignore me. And then that's just going to make my thought process. But this is how a lot of people think. Because they don't have this type of information to tell them. So, how about you write a book about it? You know what? This Good thing this is your second to last podcast. What do you mean? I'm yeah. serious. You can write a book. Like, Ty's love. <laughs> and you just, like, no, Ty's love formula. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm going to give a relationship advice. The only reason why we cover in relationships is because relationships are the backbone of society. But I found if you wrote a novel and became a, what they call Nobel Peace Prize. Oh. I, mean, not it. I think it's called Nobel Peace Prize. But is that for writing a book? No, I, mean, I think that's... We've never been the smartest. <laughs> We've never been the smartest. No, I think that's if... Yeah, that's, that's what, what like Eric Thomas trying to... I think you get that when you like Nobel change the world yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. You no. ain't changing the world with that book. Hey, not yet, anyways. Don't with your book. Oh, with the book? <laughs> okay, so yeah, the emotional regulation is to tolerate your emotions and feelings and keep them calm and in perspective. So how do you think you do with this? Stay my, calm? my personal opinion is that we both struggle with this. Uh, you're talking about in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah, I'm not very calm. I'm not a calm person, but I'm not. I'm not a calm person in any aspect of life, except when I'm coaching. I'm very even keel. <laughs> okay, so yeah, those were the three for romantic competence. So being that relationships are the backbones of society, and we kind of starting to see like a lot of broken families or divorce it's super important that we pay attention to how we approach relationships so here are just a few quick things and you can jump in if you have anything to say but uh we look for something to be wrong in relationships and sometimes we find reasons to leave when there's not actually a reason to leave but making sure we don't internalize things that other people are doing and then reacting to what we've internalized is super important because like I just said, you know, having the insight on who the person is that you're in a relationship with really helps and even we took a 
personality test and it was the disc assessment and it kind of just breaks down your personality and how you react and definitely investing to learn and figure out what a healthy relationship looks like is super important because you want to find somebody that can balance you out and I know a lot of people think that just because we have great chemistry that we have a connection when really the connection that you have with the person is what brings the chemistry and I feel like that's why our relationship has lasted as long as it has is because of the connection that we had like since we were kids because you know even though that you get on my nerves and even though I get on your nerves I like glad you glad you <laughs> I love you for who you are even though oh. even though you really get on my nerves <laughs> I feel the same way about you mm-hmm. so yeah connection balances the attraction that you have to the person not the chemistry and when an issue arises definitely talk about it and one thing that we're learning is to create a sacred environment for your partner so they can come talk to you and kind of tell you what their wants and needs are and knowing your wants and needs before you get in a relationship is also super important because then you know exactly what you will and will not put up And I heard this quote, if you don't trust a man or woman enough to give them the code to your phone, you shouldn't trust them enough to give them your body. And that I thought was really weird, but also like, yeah, if you don't trust somebody with the code to your phone, why would you let them in your body? I don't know. I just want to share that little fact. What you think about that? I I don't see how that correlates but uh i mean would you give a stranger your password to your phone if i needed him to go him or her to go in there yeah no would you give a girl the password to your phone Um, like a random girl Mm -hmm. like because some people have sex with random people no i wouldn't just give a random person my my password and they steal my phone right so that's why you shouldn't give a random person access to your body. So you wouldn't even give them. Sorry, a passcode to my body. <laughs> Dude, I hope y'all understand because he playing. It's late. I don't know why we keep doing this so late, but I'm glad this is the last one. And then next week, it'll be back to the same program. Yeah, me too. But can I, can I give a shout out? Sure. Shout out my boy, Mike. <laughs> Up and coming uh, DJ out there. Coming, y'all. He coming. Y'all better make room for him. He coming. He's a good guy. Yeah, shout out my boy Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike. So, what do you feel about the word lust? Lust? Mm-hmm. What does What does that mean? Like when you hear it. The first thing I hear is it rhymes with must. <laughs> uh, I'm sleepy, so I'm starting to play a lot, but. First thing that comes to mind is the word temporary. Lust. Yeah, because it's temporary. Oh, well, yeah, no. Lust. Tell me, Doc. <laughs> Lust isn't every man, no matter how faithful you are. Mm, you read that book. <laughs> you 
read that book. I started oh, reading um, it. Megan Good Hood. Mm-hmm. Talking about all man's got all man got an inner dog in it. Mm-hmm. I ain't like the it. book is The Truth About Man by Devon Franklin. Yeah, that was a good book. He was spilling all the tea, but it was um super insightful. But yeah, they, he basically talked about lust is inside of every man, no matter how faithful you are and no matter how hard you try to master the lust, you will always have that inside of you. And like not a lot of people talk about it a lot. So guys, if you are dealing with that, definitely check out this book, The Truth About Men by Devon Franklin. So this week for our journal entry, for everybody who's single or in a relationship, definitely write down how you perceive yourself in marriage and think about how you imagine like coming home every day or like what it even looks like to you really because y'all were raised in two different households. So y'all outlooks or just your outlook on it might be different from somebody else's so knowing what you want from that perspective is super important and then number two uh, do your values align this is something that you can ask yourself when y'all actually in a relationship or somebody that you're dating and you want to know if y'all should be in a relationship do y'all values align and definitely thinking about what's important to the both of you and then definitely thinking about what's important to the both of you, but what's also important to you as individuals. Number three is what are your sexual expectations? Because one person might be saying once a week, one person might be saying once a month, and then we have something else for us to fight about. So definitely talk about that. Think about that. Even if you're single, that's something to definitely think about because if you already know once you get in a relationship, you're pretty clear. And then number four, how do we keep ourselves up physically? So those are the four questions this week. And then if you're in a relationship, I want to challenge you to really think about what type of healthy relationships you've seen and where you got your information from and assess if you actually know what a healthy relationship is. Because I can tell you right now, we took three different, so we, we've been in premarital counseling, but we took three different premarital courses. So we kind of, it's kind of like we in, uh, I would say kind of like pre-marital college in a sense because our coach had us, like the first assessment we took was from our actual coach and he had 12 steps to prepare for marriage. And I'll just tell you a few. Um, the headers were expectations, communication, conflict, personality, the function, sexuality, children, in-laws and family, values and beliefs. And then the last one was the unexpected. And then uh, the second one we took was Send This, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. That one was by Gary Chapman, the same guy who wrote the Five Love Languages book. And then the last one, the one we're doing now is the DISC assessment, which really... Um, breaks down who you are as a person so yeah these are super important and if y'all have any questions definitely let me know and thanks for tuning in to another episode and thank you for coming on for our two-part series you know 
Thanks for having me. I don't plan on coming out anymore. This is too much work for me. Yeah, it's a commitment. Yeah, it's not one I'm willing to make right now. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening to all my great knowledge. Okay, so we had to hop back on because we got a question while I was editing. So we want to go ahead and answer this question really quick. It is, um, how often should couples fight or argue? And the other part was, what are healthy ways to fight fair? Um, what do you think? How often should couples I, I, fight or argue? I don't think it should be like every day. That's not healthy. Uh, but I feel like an argument or disagreement, you know, I think normally once or twice a week you're going to have a, a disagreement. Uh, I think that arguing will be a little bit unhealthy because that means that there's other things that you have um, problems with that's causing you to argue with everything. So for like us, for example, uh, I don't think we argue too much. I feel like we have disagreements. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we have a lot of disagreements. And that's just because we're different. We're not the Mm -hmm. same person. And... uh, we kind of just talk it out. Yeah, now, I mean, I used to I used to be at a point where I didn't want to talk it out. It would just be my way. I disagree. You're not right. But I think I've, I've, uh, I've grown up a little bit. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think it goes back to, like, the insight, understanding the person that you're in a relationship with. Because I feel like with us, it was a point in time where we argued every day. It was also, like, you were doing stuff, and it was, like, an argument day so so i feel like that was like one point where we argue all the time but i feel like if you arguing and you actually get in past whatever the issues are then you're in a really good place but i feel like if you arguing and you feel like you just always arguing about the same thing and you never moving past it being more open to say how can we communicate better or whatever the issue is with us, it was communication, so it was like, how can I communicate better with you, or getting like getting to know the love languages, because now you know how this person wants to be loved, you know who they are, you kind of understand, and having those deep conversations where you can get to know how that person was raised, and what type of background they come from, because if you are in a relationship with someone whose parents argued all the time, then they might think that's the way to be in a relationship. So the insight, knowing the love language is super important. Like I said earlier, for that. And then what are some healthy ways to fight fair? Honestly, my opinion, how I approach disagreements now, we never have like knockdown drag outs. I mean, we have four, but um, I won't say that. I'll say we've had one, maybe two. Yeah, maybe two. Fight affair, definitely always looking out for the other person, like trying to think of them first and not myself, or thinking of him first and not myself, and kind of what I do, because it's not really about me or him, you know, it's really about whatever the issue is, so um, definitely putting our pride aside has been super important, and really getting down to what the issue is and the root of the issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a 
the best way to fight fair is definitely just like die into what you want to do and to your flesh. And I think a healthy way for me to fight fair is when I'm in an argument is stick to the the topic. Um, a lot of times, uh, people start arguing and then they go back to. Well, two years ago, <laughs> you you did this, oh, and, yeah. and so I feel like that's not fair because now you're bringing up stuff that mm-hmm. it, it doesn't even matter. I feel like uh, now you kind of move past it, bringing up the past. Yeah, I feel like we do a good job of sticking to the point, and even when you do kind of get off topic, you kind of get back to okay, this is why we're having a little disagreement. So, um. Yeah, I say that's that's probably the most important part of fighting fear. If you don't tackle the issue that you had, then that issue becomes another issue, and then that issue becomes another issue, and that leads to the fighting every day. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's how we approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's many ways that you can approach it, but um, yeah, that's all I got. Okay. So, yeah, that was our two questions. Yeah, I think you're doing a great job with your podcast. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. But you never haven't even listened. I refuse to listen to her (laughs) podcast because I feel like she bashes me on on all of them. Nah. uh, No, I just tell the truth. I see facts. No, I don't. I don't know what kind of facts she's talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I maybe listen one day, five, ten years down the road. So, yeah, y'all keep us in y'all prayers, and we're going to keep the listeners in our prayers, and yeah, I'm praying for us. My bad. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm praying for a healthy and happy relationship for everyone that's listening to this, and see y'all next week, same time, same place. Bye. Bye.